Hello, and welcome to One More War Pod, presented by Gotta Stay Radio. I am Marvin Williams, not the draft pick you wanted, but the draft pick you got stuck with. <laughs> and he is Matthew Aloysius, like Tavius Ornthal, Gerard, Ryan, the 17th, a half, a third, and three quarters, and 11th. <laughs> Just just a, just a, getting a little more every single week. Just a little more. Yeah, that's right. Getting what I deserve. That's right. In the grand kind of forever, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we thank you all for taking the time to check us out, listen to us as always. However you do it, check out our other pods too, and you know, like, subscribe. Um, you know, swipe right, whatever you got to do. Mm. We really appreciate it. Hashtag um, Lincoln Bio. There you go. Um, so, you know, at some point, uh, two number one, still make your number two at some <laughs> point, <laughs> at some point you got to say, I think we're actually seeing a dynasty being born for real. At some point you got to say, all right, you know what? Everybody just needs to either shut up so you can listen or listen so you can shut up one or the other. And I guess ultimately we'll look at baseball as back <laughs> i guess in, it's in, back in theory it is in practice it also is but not counting two of the three games that have been played so far they didn't happen yeah. <laughs> he's <laughs> he's speaking in he's speaking from the from from the lens of a new york metropolitan fan who uh, uh apparently which i i'm just gonna be straight up Reading about, because I'm, you know, he's he's following the Mets, I'm following the Braves. So, I look up and I read about the Mets having pitching trouble. Someone no longer on the roster for a little while because of injuries. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, that must be last year. And I completely blew off the article. And then Matthew reminded me that... Marcus Stroman's hurt again! <laughs> <laughs> Jesse, so Jesse. 50, it, it, 57 you know. and 2 we're going to go 57 and 2 we're going to win the the Mets are going to win the World Series I'm not a part of the team I'm not going to use the we identifier Mets are going to go 57 and 2 they're going to win the World Series and that's going to make all of this worth it make all if of that, this if, if, I'm going to say this when that happens you better use the we identifier because you said it first at least publicly I'm sure there's some person in a basement somewhere, you know, on their PlayStation 9, uh, you know, playing, you know, the yeah. 380th million hour Fortnite thing. <laughs> what is in the water? It's because it, these cats, and we were joking about it last episode. We were joking about it, how, you know, good thing it's a short season. You get such a strong roster. I always have such a strong roster in terms of pitching. I mean, shouldn't say always. Have for the, I don't know, forever. And so we said, okay, good. Short season, favorites a team like the Mets, strong starting rotation, nothing, you know, what can go wrong. And game two, boom, this is what can go wrong. It's it. Uh, you got to figure this out, bro. You got to go X file this thing. 
you gotta go mission impossible oh, I, can, I can tell you what the problem drop is. down from the <laughs> I, I can tell oh, you what oh. the problem is it, it's it's the the the, the Wilpon family they have cursed this franchise <laughs> they have decided it it goes further back than that it goes back to Robert Moses it goes back to Robert Moses well, yeah. wanting to build up Queens build up flushing and basically set up the road for Walter O'Malley to move the Dodgers out of Brooklyn where baseball should be played professionally to Los Angeles. Great point. Great point. You you okay. There are franchises that have how can we say this? been pawns in greater situations. We talked about that. We talked about how um, even even the doc again, you know, when the owner was going through a divorce, the wife had partial ownership, all these other things. And there are, you know, the the New Orleans Jazz. Yes, there was the New Orleans Jazz, not the music, but the basketball franchise. The owner's new wife whatever significant whatever wanted to move to whichever which who doesn't want to move to wherever the heck they move to utah because that's where the better walmarts are um you know i'll say it again if franchises did not provide some semblance of money maybe the franchise itself i'm just i'm just going to say money because we never talk about the money because that's not what we do here but in this case i think we can't avoid it if i have a franchise that's even considered a losing franchise and i'm not making a lot of money on it but i'm almost like what else am i gaining from it i'm gaining i'm gaining status as a professional team owner i'm gaining and all the accoutrements that come with that um so you know, people still trying to sell me stuff. People still want me to be a part of stuff. People still want to invest in things I do because they want to be close to me, what I'm doing. And maybe for some people, that's enough. Okay. My, the franchise that I own might be a garbage fire wrapped in an electrical fire, wrapped in a kitchen fire, wrapped in a fire on a boat, wrapped inside, you know, the current day politics. The, but you just described the 1995 is... Mets with that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch! But it has to be. It 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 just it. There is no reason. Okay, our franchises, your Mets, my Jets, should be ever discussed as the eh, the other team in New York. No team should be discussed as the other team in New York. And the problem is, in the early, in the in the pre pre expansion era, each borough basically had their own team mm-hmm. through the Dodgers, the Giants, and the Yankees, and Queens and uh, Queens, Staten Island, Long Island, all basically battled it out between those three franchises. What happened was when the Giants and the Dodgers moved, it left this gigantic vacuum that New York, New York City should have three professional baseball teams, in my opinion. Easily. Easily. 
Um, Easily. Brooklyn should have its own pro franchise. I You can make the argument Queens should have one. New York should definitely. Manhattan. The island of Manhattan has not had a baseball team in almost 70 years. Right. That is weird. It is unsettling that I was watching Ken Burns' baseball. Uh, I had to find a way to watch it because the only way you can watch it is through some weird PBS back channel where you've got a fist fight a Muppet, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not about that. I don't want the smoke from Grover. Man, look, man, man, look, man, Muppet, Muppet Grover is no joke. No, just I'm telling you, and <laughs> those arms. <laughs> in the 1950s. New York City had a representative in every World Series. Most of the time it was the Yankees. But for a frequent portion of that time period, they were either playing the Giants or the Dodgers, or the Giants and the Dodgers were representing the National League. And Mm -hmm. when you look at New York City baseball over the past 70 years, and you can lay blame on the... Giants, you can lay blame on the Dodgers and the O'Malley's. You can lay blame at so many people, but when you look at what Robert Moses did to New York politics, New York, you know, uh, geography, topography, uh, the entire culture, basically developing uh, the basically the BQE, the Brooklyn Queens Expressway. Uh, all the things he set up, he set up the perfect road and helped force out New York baseball. And then when the Continental League started up, they basically ended up killing an, a competing league and bringing the Mets to New York City. But they weren't in Brooklyn, they weren't in Manhattan, they were in Flushing. And the Jets were a team in the AFL that were first owned by Harry Wismer. And we've talked about this on the show before. Harry Wismer was an ex-announcer who had a least than a less than reputable reputation, and those teams were playing from behind off the jump. The Mets yeah. franchise was, you know, snake bit from the beginning because this was a time in early, early expansion where you weren't going to get the best players. There wasn't free agency. There weren't these things now to where if you get an expansion franchise in pro sports, look at what the Vegas Golden Knights did. They went to the Stanley Cup Finals in their first season because the opportunity to grow was there. Right. The Mets were a moribund franchise for the better part of a decade, and then they were able through a litany of means to get things done. But it's always been due to poor ownership or... Cheap ownership. Now, the Wilpons may not be cheap. Woody Johnson may not be cheap. But in how they treat their franchises, in how how they treat their fans, and how they treat the communities that they play in, they are misers because of how how disposable they treat every aspect of their franchise. Absolutely. And, 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 you know what? Boom goes the dynamite. To quote the great, uh, whatever that kid's name was, it is the New York. Okay, if we remove the New York, and you don't look how much money is put into the franchises, just just, just look at this for one second. Yankees, Mets, Jets, Giants, Rangers, Islanders, Knicks, Nets. 
Liberty Buffalo Bills. The primary pro franchises attributed to New York. Now, Buffalo, we're going to move them aside for a second because even though they're New York, they're New York State. But every one of those other franchises, at least on paper, Jets and Giants with an asterisk reside within the greater New York area and, uh, oh, I should say, greater New York City metropolitan area with the Jets and Giants, of course, playing in New Jersey. And I guess in two years, the, the Jets are going to change their name to the moniker to the New Jersey Jets. Yeah. So think about the Yankees don't care. The Yankees have such a history of being like the quintessential baseball franchise that is sort of the monster and the juggernaut, the empire, the 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 first order, whatever you want to call it, that they just don't care. They can, you know, they you know, they can sustain how many years of horrible baseball before they become good again, even if it's through a checkbook. So who cares, right? They'll always be the Yankees. The Mets have two World Series titles and other than those two years, kind of like the Giants, you have like for well, at least the Giants have a history going back pre-NFL merger of greatness. And but the Giants now four Super Bowl titles. But then when you remove the Parcel area era, which seems to be brief everywhere he goes, because he not only burns the bridge, he sets the river on fire too. He he, <laughs> you know, I love Purcell, right? So um, he, you know, so let's say if you remove the Purcell area, era, it's almost like moving, it's almost like removing like, you know, part of the, the 50s or whatever, 50s and 40s for the, for, for the Yankees. You know, you technically have, you know, since Purcell's, you have two Super Bowl seasons, Super Bowl championship seasons with, with, a, with a big asterisk of like, Oh, yeah, that's right. They do play in New York, too. So you got that. And then you got the Rangers. I've said enough already. I've said too much, actually, already. You got the Islanders who gave, what, was four, three four Stanley, Stanley Cups in a row? Four Stanley four, Cups. Four, four, four Stanley five. Cups in a row. They drive for five, and they've been basically driving for the fifth level of hell ever since. Mm-hmm. They have owner. They have owners who, who have actually should have been serving time in Supermaxes. In Colorado, maybe you talk about where, where, where the Jazz are. Um, you got the Knicks. Oh, okay, that's enough. Uh, you have the. <laughs> I had to look up. I had to look up what the Brooklyn Nets were. You, that's what I was just doing. I had to say, you know, that's right. They have a Brooklyn has the basketball. Who is and and what's really super sad is the one of the one of. Of the last three NBA games that I went through, went to one was with Matt. How long ago was this? That was, and it was actually it was in New Jersey. <laughs> it was before the boom. Nets. It was before the Nets moved to Jersey. It was their last season in Jersey, right? I think it was their last one season of the in last Jersey. seasons in Jersey. Yeah, right. So we figured, yeah, you know, let's go. So we, we, we you know, we, so, and it's like, yeah, that's right. That team moved to Brooklyn and they're now called the Brooklyn Bashers, the Brooklyn <laughs> Stankowats, the Brooklyn Kilowatt Masters, the Brooklyn Kilopop. Well, I had to, okay, Google. <laughs> hey, Siri, what the hell is the Brooklyn blah, blah, blah. So, 
Okay, so you got them, those those guys, which they're kind of like, oh, yeah, that's right. We have a team in Brooklyn. And then we got the New York Liberty. It's the WNBA. And for the most part, people who call themselves serious sports people don't care about the WNBA, which means they're not. You're, they're, I don't have to worry about them talking about us bad because they don't listen to this podcast. So there you go. <laughs> you know, because smart people here in the New York Liberty is actually pretty. WNBA is actually, you know, it's professional sports and it's women and get over it, deal with it. It's awesome. Go, go away if you don't if you don't, if you don't agree and you can unfollow that's fine uh, um, it, and if you remove the New York part and you remove the money put into them what do you have you have a bunch of franchises that any place else would probably with the exception of maybe the Yankees would probably barely be the top sports story in whatever other city they're in. You know, you think about Atlanta, where Georgia Bulldogs will just take over. And now Georgia Tech is finding their way back in terms of college football. Apologize, in terms of college football. Um, when the Braves were going through one of those seasons before they became what they are now, I think, I think, I told Matt it was so funny. It was they stopped doing the Braves clubhouse report in lieu of the Georgia Georgia Bulldog roundtable. It was like <laughs> it's like we're in the middle of baseball season. They already started talking about college. They're like, you know what, Braves suck. Let's talk about college football. You know, and and so you can imagine. You know, in Chicago, I think Chicago has the same curse. I think the Cubs and the Bears, I think good or bad, I think it's one of those things of if they were any other place but Chicago, like it would be a huge who would care. If there was no history with the Cubs being the lovable losers or the the the, the Bears having had, you know, people people only associate the Bears' history with Mike Dicka. And I get that. We'll talk about Mike Dicka in a minute. Oh, yeah. People you saw only associate. Yeah, you know, you know, people don't associate the Bears with Mike, or mostly associate the Bears with Mike Ditka. But when you look at what the Bears have me- have meant as a franchise throughout the history of the NFL, it's a lot. It's a lot deeper than that. When you talked about teams like the Steelers, teams like teams like the Giants, that 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 have this really steeped history in professional football in the United States. And it's like, oh, oh yeah, well, well, you know, in the Bears because of Mike Dicka. Dude, it was a player for the Bears. The Bears were pretty amazing. You know, uh, Does, you know. Do you but, think that, because I'm, I'm trying to figure out like a central thesis behind it. Mm-hmm. You, you can look like, uh, when you look at the moribund ownership of the Jets and the Mets, and that's just poor ownership, mismanagement, billionaires gone awry. And then you look at a team like the Bears and the Giants and the Lions, who have, the Giants have experienced more success over the past 30 years than the Bears or the Lions have. That's just empirically true. But is it due to legacy ownership because it's still owned by the Ford family, it's still owned by the McCaskey family, and the Giants are co-owned by the Mars and the Tishes. 
Is it because those teams are still set in their ways from the people who originally developed or owned or purchased a franchise and have owned them for decades, nearly a century, it's been in their family, has mm-hmm. that created an idea of stagnation to where the Giants drafting a Daniel Jones makes sense because in no way would they ever draft a someone like a Lamar Jackson because it doesn't fit the Giants' identity because the Giants having a mobile quarterback is kind of like a mule with a spinning wheel. We don't know how it got there, and uh, we just, we're just we just here now. I was trying to do a Simpsons <laughs> joke, and it completely bombed. But the, the point is you look at the—and we've talked about this before. When you identify a player or a philosophy with a team— does that lock them in and does that ideology does that old ownership create this continuous effect of a lack of innovation a lack of modernization and does that hurt the franchise over time you know my quick answer when you say that here's what i was thinking of ibm um General Electric. Uh, I was trying to think of corporations that have, at least on the surface, have kind of remained the same sort of thing. And I know, and I know, IBM is a throwback go-to for this because we don't have IBM the way we do IBM anymore. But I was trying to think of of, of companies like General Electric who they make light bulbs, right? But mm-hmm. do you realize every every dial that's in your in your laptop and in your phone in some way ties back to General Electric? It's like every time something that has a light in it is sold, General Electric is getting a piece of that. So um, let's just say a light bulb in it, General Electric is getting a piece of that. And they make other stuff too, you know, engines, batteries, whatever. So I was, I was trying to think of those things because it goes back to the original statement. If I own a franchise, no matter how poor-mouthy I might be about that franchise, it is still affording me something. If I own a franchise, even a franchise run poorly in New York City, I can only imagine the circles and the doors that opened up for me because I'm, I'm a professional franchise owner either by birth or legacy or by just basically bullying out the other cat because I got friends in Congress. And I'm able to go to the league and say, you want me to be a part of this league because guess what? I got Congressman X. I got, you know, Congressperson Mm -hmm. Y or whatever. You know, I think the intrinsic value of being an owner sometimes is worth more to these cats than what it means for the fans, what it means for to actual sport, what it means for the people who might even be playing for you. And I think. And and so so the so my that's what I said. My short answer for you is yes. It, it, it has to be something. That's, okay. So. Okay. Since 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 we're there, let's talk about it. The Jets trade uh, Jamal Adams just and um, they're gonna get two number one picks, a player or this or that or whatever. And the, the I read that, and the only thing I can think of is there you go. We get two number ones, and we're still number two because. The one thing that the Jets franchise has shown me since 
the days of Herm Edwards is we, I'm going to say we here. I know I'm not on the team. I wear the gear, but I'm not on the team and all this other stuff. But I'm not going to bash them without considering myself a part of this because as a fan of the team, I'm going to, I'm going to hold some responsibility even though I don't make the decision. But the one thing that the Jets have not done since the days of Herm Edwards is be able to draft and develop their draft picks. DeBrickashaw Ferguson doesn't count. DeBrickashaw Ferguson would have been a Hall of Fame offensive lineman if he would have played in Detroit. He would have been a <laughs> he would have been a Hall of Fame offensive lineman if he would have played in insert your horrible NFL franchise here. He just would have been because that's what type of player he was. You know, for all you want to say about the the big high draft picks that have come up, okay, let, okay, you know what? Let's play for a minute for the Jets. You know, the one everybody always goes to, the big bus is Mark Sanchez. That's right. Well, you know what? You know, we'll go this way. Sorry, Olive, I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. So the idea of <laughs> the idea of Mark Sanchez, USC quarterback, uh, Pete Carroll, two face is 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 going back and forth why he should stay in 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 you know in in USC another year when the whole time he's planning his exit you know because all because all of this stuff is packed. I'll tell you a story about that will happen to me later. Um, he he he's in the middle of. You know, trying to develop himself as a quarterback, trying to put his game together. He gets to a franchise his first two years. And, and Matthew will tell you, and I've said this before, I was completely against that draft pick. I mm-hmm. stated it, said it, said it, said it, said it, said it. But, I, but if you, but again, I will say it because I want to be GSI honest about this. If you would have told me we're going to draft this guy and without knowing the result, his first two years, he's going to take you to the AFC Championship game. I would have signed my name with both hands. And, and not ask any questions. Because those were two exciting years that Mark Sanchez gave us. And you want to say, despite of Mark Sanchez, that's fine, too. What, whatever makes your view of what that team was is, is fine. And, but I know I watched every game multiple times, have every game from those seasons, somewhere between a computer disc, a DVD disc, or whatever. And I have watched analysts who I trust their eye for the game talk about what Mark Sanchez did that a top draft pick should be able to do. And though I might not have seen them, I agree with them, right? I might not have seen those things, but I agree with them because I trust those analysts. So here it is. This franchise now has two number one picks over the next two years, which means there'll be somebody's going to be drafting and end up going someplace else because they're going to devolve as part of this franchise because this coach, I guarantee you, has no idea of what it takes, of what it takes to develop a player and to put a team together. And it's just showing over and over and over and over and over again. But they're in New York, and that means something. So while Woody Johnson is out, selling off the British Open or whatever he's doing, he we're, we're, really, dude, here, here we are with the franchise that that is in New York, has this strong intrinsic value, 
when the greatest thing you can say for your franchise is still number 12 walking off the field in Miami with his finger up, and that was in 1960 freaking eight. Come on, dude. Come on, dude. You know, you, you know, yeah. <laughs> tap out. It really Take is it, interesting <laughs> to me when you look at the Jets franchise and you see the growth of the Patriots. And as a businessman, you're looking at the growth of the Patriots and like, why aren't we chasing after that? Why are we not trying to build something like that? Be the defensive version of that. It, with Rex Ryan, they were building towards that, but for <laughs> numerous amounts of reasons, Tim, and the idea of Tim Tebow coming in, you destroy that confidence, you destroy the trust in the locker room, you continue to do these, and it's systemic, because it's throughout the history of this franchise with that brief period of when Sonny Werblin owned a piece of the team, Ever since then, it's been systemic to where the Jets have been the paragons of failure, mismanagement, and horrible decisions in the National Football League. And they're in a league with Dan Snyder and Jera. Like, when you look at the NFL and you look at some of the people that have owned teams in the National Football League, like, you just, you just got to take a brief look. At some of the people that have owned professional football franchises in the National Football League and take a step back and just say, we're worse than Dean Spanos? You, you know what? I'm so glad you said that. Because you didn't even have to say look back. Listen, Dan Snyder is the kid who would purposely go and, and excuse me for the profanity, piss off everybody on the bus mm -hmm. just so he can get slapped around. Because he got some attention that day. And then he say, owns a why did they hurt me? Why did they bully me? I'm just trying to do what I can. Yeah. Yeah, really. I, 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 I ain't do nothing. These ain't my pants. Jerry Jones is the guy who would talk about somebody behind their back while they're sitting at the same table with them. And then figure out a way to say, not only I love you, but take your lunch money too. And then... Say I don't know I don't know what this person's problem is I I was good to them, <laughs> you know we, you know the, the only owner who was kind of cuckoo bots that are or, or, or doozy bots that I would probably even consider seriously like thinking myself who who would be a cat that I would be comfortable sitting in the room with because I know they're gonna shoot me straight is Al Davis yeah and I I and and I hate to say that because you know he's not here but. As doozy bots as people said he was, like if like if you could run fast, you had you there was a spot for you on the Raiders because of how he based his, his vision of what the league should be. And you know what? Say what you want to say about that cat, but he did what he had to do. And you cannot say he didn't love the game. You cannot say that he did not love and care for the people who played for him, whether they deserved it or not, because that's who he was. And and I'm just gonna put it out there. But like some of these, but some of these other owners, tax fraud here, this, that, there. I mean, guys who are just the people that you never, I mean, you work with them, but you would never invite them to your house, you know, across the board, right? But so, you know, so, and yet Mark Cuban is not an owner in the in the NFL, which makes total he, sense to me, not. And uh, and or in Major League Baseball, how does Mark exactly. Cuban not own the Mets or the Pirates? We're like the politics. 
the politics of ownership, man. It's the it's the it's the politics of ownership, because he's not one of them. But you know, Olive, yes, Olive's not a big of, fan of this. I, I, I'm with you, Olive. You know, I, I'm I'm 100 because you know, okay, I'll translate what I've just said is here's a cat who is not a part of the system. He's not a part of the old boys club. He's not a part of anything that sort of gives him. The 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 so the, the, these cats who can who ride around in their three hundred and eighty thousand dollar cowboy boots with their limos with the with with like the horns on the front say he's one of us you know he he's he he's somebody who a is involved b he's able to listen and 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 c he's the kind of cat that looks for real solutions because of that because that's what's up and and. He, the fact that he's not an owner tells you the level of politics that are involved with that. That, you know, that we can have an owner who is, you know, looked at for tax evasion, who is um, who is being sought after for all sort of other felonious acts, but yet still, he's cool, but this guy here who, who actually has his stuff together, knows he's talking about, actually made his own money, did what he's supposed to no, nah, we don't want that guy because he's not one of us. So, again, I'll just say this. Being a team owner, it must have enough. It has to have enough, and it's something that Matt and I don't understand. And I don't, I don't, I don't think many normal people will understand, and I don't mean to insult normal people by putting them in the same boat as us. But that, that, that there must be enough that goes along with being a team owner, professional team owner, that intrinsic value that you get from everything else is worth being the butt of jokes for the type of owner you are, like Dan Snyder, like Woody Johnson, like, uh, you know, Jared Jones, you know, of course, Jared Jones, they're one of the most, you know, marketed and, and, and sold franchises in the league, you know. But then you look up and then you see a franchise like the Steelers, right, in a small town. Can you imagine the Steelers being the Steelers, but in New York? I, I'd be weeping. Um, I would be publicly crying at every given turn. Because, 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 because see, Olive agrees. There you go. Because every franchise, I mean, imagine having a franchise so consistently good, so well run, so community oriented. So people oriented with 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 long with with what is it four coaches in fifty years is something like that maybe less than that you know it was Noel uh no the mustache Bill Cower and now uh, Mike Tomlin yeah right so three coaches in forty years. Jets, the Jets do that in two seasons. You know, the Mets, the Mets have done it too. <laughs> um, so you know, imagine a franchise that well run, that well put together, that well structured, that well that you know, using their history for what they do in 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 the right and best way in a town like New York. And and oh by the way, they're already one of the most in terms of merchandising, in terms of Followership in terms of everything else, one of the most valuable, one of the top three valuable NFL franchises. 
Raiders, Cowboys, Steelers. You can put them in. A, you can put them on a. You can put them on a set of dice, spin it around, and that's what you'll get. But imagine that team being in New York, right? Imagine that team being in this. Absolutely. Um, imagine that team being in New York. Imagine that team having that sort of legacy behind them to support them. It would just be amazing. It would be incredible. And and speaking of franchises here, um, we're seeing the Pats being built again with the Chiefs, right? We're 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 seeing that happen. They got a coach that as long as 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 long as Andy Reid, who's finally a good coach because he's he finally won Super Bowls, that means he, we finally know he can coach. He's not he's, he's not a poser anymore because he's around because he's there. They have the quarterback that's young. They have a team philosophy that they've signed all their draft picks before camp has started. They obviously have smart ownership and they have good management. So if if things stay status quo with the Chiefs, the Chiefs are going to become the new Pats. Where the next 10, 15 years, you know, depending on how long they can keep, you know, Mahomes and and as long as as long as Andy Reid decides he wants to show up so we're seeing that happen right in front of us, and we're we're seeing it. We're truly we're we're truly seeing it, knowing and because you know, we didn't see this coming with the Pats. We didn't see this coming with the 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 franchise that now everybody cannot stop talking about as being the greatest franchise ever. But we saw it coming with the Chiefs. One piece here, one piece there. Got Mahomes, got Andy Reid. Boom, they're on the scene. And we got a chance to see it happen. So hopefully we can enjoy it. Hopefully we can actually see it grow and just be glad that the the Chiefs aren't in New York because then they would be a, the real deal and we wouldn't talk about the Yankees anymore. Um, so with baseball being back, you know, I'm going to end it with this here. The idea of baseball being back, how we started the show, the worst case scenario is happening. COVID test positive all over the place. The Pirates having to delay their home opening because most of the team just tested positive. All these not so awesome things are going on now. And, 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 and Major League Baseball, I believe, is trying to handle it. I believe they're trying to do what they need to do to keep everything straight. But it, it, we, we, we talked about it. As cool as it is to have them back, we all want everybody to be safe. And, and, you know, we, we talked about it in comparison to the Spanish flu of, of, of 1919, right, where a lot of players are getting sick between NHL, between, between Major League Baseball. The problem is now, what is it? There's more travel now. There's more, there's more contact now with, 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 with the world around you because it's just the nature of where we live in the United States. And it's unfortunate that we're starting to see player after player after player after player test positive, having to be quarantined. Teams now multiple multiple positive tests. I, I, you know, and I said it again. And until I'm shown to be wrong, I'm going to keep saying this. I truly believe that the majority of the fanship out there for every sport, basketball. Baseball, football, whatever. I believe that the majority of that fanship wants to have their players back, but have their players back safely. So hopefully, 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 
baseball figured out. Hopefully these players will not have any serious issues. We're going to you know, keep praying for that to happen. And hopefully, if you're listening to us, hopefully you're staying safe too. And, um, you, you know, this, as, as awesome as it is, and we made fun of it a little bit, it's the worst case scenario for Major League Baseball for how this is turning out. So hopefully that will change, hopefully again soon. Um, we, um, Matthew, wanted to add something to that? Real quick, are you good? No, I, I'm I'm in alignment with that. Uh, it's it's pretty telling when an entire team gets deported from the country they're supposed to be playing in, and now we're ending up in Buffalo. And that's not a slight on Buffalo. Yes. It's just more of a, right, oh, no. this is where we are in the world right now. It's much exactly. like my dog going through my garbage can right now. You <laughs> you should you should <laughs> expect them to not do it, but you totally understand why they're doing it. And that's where we are in the world right now. It's like my dog going through a garbage can. It shouldn't happen, but you know it's going to happen, and you can only do your best to ensure that there's nothing dangerous in there. Exactly. Get away from that. (laughs) And look, man, I'll be looking for a championship everywhere she can go Mm. because she's the real deal. Yeah, she keeps losing losing teeth like a hockey goon in the original six era. It's disconcerting. (laughs) There you go. There you go. Look, man, she can be my enforcer any day. Um, <laughs> you know, we really hope the best. Uh, I think, I think, I think baseball with the amount of players on the team, I think that's going to be a precursor what we might see with the NFL. Mm. The NFL has more players on every fran- on, on you know in every franchise. You know, traveling or not, uh, no matter how they try to limit this. I know they cut down a lot of things, no preseason, all the other stuff. I'm, I'm. I'm hoping, I'm hoping, I'm praying that we get sort of some kind of lid on this, just for just for the sake and safety of of of, of the planet, people in the planet. Because I'm just gonna be honest with you, I can live a I can live a year without sports if it means everybody's gonna be okay and be alive. I could try. I'm will I'm willing you know, to try. You know, you know, we got YouTube. You know, you know, we got we got you know. We we there are options to watch sports and relive positive things for our franchises while you go through this re, resettling period during the perpetual off season that's no longer an off season. But I I just really hate that we're looking at the case where these athletes are are now the ones that elected to play are unfortunately now in a position where they might be fighting for their lives. I just really 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 hope that it's not the case that they're able to kind of get this together but man it's just looking it's just looking really really bad and um you know hopefully that hope you know hopefully we can get figured out you know because we want sports but we want them back safe and i and i keep saying it over and over again it's just i i feel for these cats because if you've ever traveled if you've ever been with a traveling team even you know small level you're isolated from the world you know you're not as connected as as, as people think you are you're isolated from the world. You have no idea what's going on. You're you're living in this sort of you're living in a bubble anyway. Now we put a bubble around that bubble, and then we got a bubble around that bubble. And people inside your inner 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 bubble are still are now still testing positive with this thing. It shows you just how you know viruses don't care. <laughs> it's, 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 I'm doing my job. You know, you do your <laughs> job. I'm doing my job. And and you know, um, you know, we just we just you know. For all the players who just who fought and came back and who are now unfortunately not you know not well anymore, we hope to get a speedy recovery and get back to it. 
Uh, we thank you so much for listening to One More Word Pod, presented by Gotta Say Radio. Uh, he's Matthew Akuna Matata forever. Uh, Ryan, I'm Marvin Williams. That was Olive. Um, we're going to do, we're just to give you a little heads up and some shows coming up here, we're going to do a couple of specials on a couple of games, historical games from the past. Uh, can't do historical games from the future, so that was redundant. <laughs> we tried. Awesome. We were trying, but uh, the, the... we try. We're trying. We're trying. Uh, so uh, you know, the Mets uh, are the Mets, uh, and they have no bullpen. Sorry about that. Uh, and um, you know, Matt. You know, you know, Matt has to live with that. It's um, too early for me to drink, Marvin. Know... It's too early for me to drink. I just, I just got it. Olive is so smart. She was banging the trash can because she's, she's like letting the, she's letting the freaking Astros know that she's not forgotten. So <laughs> <laughs> that's what's going on. That, that's what she's doing. Uh, because we can't let those suckers off the hook. As a matter of fact, nobody should be left off the hook. As a matter of fact, I'm not even wearing my Boston Red Sox cap since this stuff went sideways. That shows where I'm at with it. So uh, yeah, exactly. Um, so anyway, thank you all for listening. Thank you for taking the time. Hopefully you're safe. Please like, subscribe, listen, swipe right, whatever you got to do. And no matter what goes on, please stay safe. Stay with the people you love. And never, ever, ever let Jason Bourne borrow your car.